0: everybody. Welcome to the Sketchnote Army podcast. This is Mike Rohde, your host and the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook and of course the founder of the Sketchnote Army. I am here and I am excited to talk with my friend and Professor Michael Clayton from the University of the Incarnate Word down in San Antonio, Texas. Hello, Mr. Clayton.
1: Hi, Mike. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, just before uh, a long weekend and I'm excited to have a chance to talk with you and sort of get your perspective on sketchnoting and all your tips and tools and stuff you're using. But from the perspective of a higher ed professor, um, that's really exciting because I think uh, people sort of sense that sketchnoting seems to fit really well with education. And I'm really curious to see your perspective on how it's worked in practicality in a higher ed setting. So uh, why don't you start? Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, I've been using uh, sketchnoting academically for about three years now within classes so i've got quite a bit of stuff to be able to share
0: excellent that's uh... that's perfect and so let's why don't we start by you sort of describing who you are and what you do for some context and just go right into um, you know what's going on with you and sketch noting as a professor
1: all right okay so i guess um, i've always been a doodler uh... i kind of want to go back and and tell a little bit of a story um, i'm the oldest of of six kids and and uh... going through school and I've always wanted to draw, i have always been an avid, an avid drawer and and doodler. And, uh, I, I like to start out with, with the story that, um, when I was in elementary school, my mom, who was a school teacher before she started having kids, um, she was really keen on us academically and and performing the the best that we could and using any of our talents any way that we, that we could to, to get ahead. And uh, she was called in for a, a parent teacher conference, um, because the, the teacher, I think I was in second or third grade by this time, um, I was doodling in the margins of my homework. And it was really concerning for the, the teacher. And so my mom uh, went in with me to the, the teacher's office. And, and uh, the teacher was talking about how I was doodling in the margins of my schoolwork. And my mom said, well, how was he doing academically? And the teacher said, just fine. Uh, how is he doing behaviorally? Oh, he's very courteous, very kind, treats everyone well, but he doodles in the margins of his homework. And my mom says, uh, I don't see a problem with this, and neither should you. And so I think having a parent that really supported my my doodling early on... Um, and that really helped me with my own with my own note taking, uh, even all through school and I can go back and, and take a look at my notebooks from middle school and high school and even into college and seeing that I was never strictly just a note taker uh, straight up using words. Um, I always use images I always used uh, different clues and and mnemonics to kind of help me to to understand and, and to pull th- things together, and so by by grafting that into my own academic practice really wasn't a stretch. Um, I like to think that I was a sketch noter before I knew what sketch noting was, um, and uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's, not, it's not a hipster sketchnoter but um, <laughs> you know, but it is something that I've that I've always done, and I've and I've always um, been seen doing it. And so when I discovered what sketchnoting actually was. Um, it was really easy for me to to give a name to it now and to see that I really wasn't the only person in the world that was doing this, and to see the community um, of professionals, uh, even educators and students and and scientists and um, doctors and and construction guys and everyone just using notes to uh, both visually and and verbally, um, really was kind of a cool thing. so it was a nice graft. Uh, to To pull that into some of my classes and into some of my academic work.
0: Wow, that's that's fantastic. I think um, it's fun to hear your perspective, too, And as being a kid who doodled, because I was, too. I don't remember getting in trouble for it, but it's possible I did and blocked it out. So I think that's a really common theme for students. I know my son um, sometimes gets in trouble for doodling. Now, unfortunately, sometimes his academics and stuff aren't up to the spec that he needs to be so it becomes a problem in a way that yeah. he probably wouldn't have to if he was a little bit more active but that's you know that's just a situation that he's got to work through uh, being a teenager that's a little bit I, part of it
1: i think that some of the things is, is is some folks see it as a distraction but once you see that it's it's not a distraction but an applied I don't know, something to your note-taking. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I was having a real hard time understanding Macbeth. And being an avid comic book fan, um, in the front cover of the, of the little paperback they handed out for us, um, I drew small little character faces of all of the people that I had come across. And if someone was speaking on a particularly long page, I would just redraw the thumbnail of that person's uh, profile. Um, so I know who was speaking whether it was Macbeth or Banquo or McDonwall or McDuff or whoever and I would even go through and doodle little uh, comic scenes in the empty spaces in between the words to help me understand what was on that page so I could go back and find it a little bit later at the end of the term when we had to turn our books back in they checked them for marks <laughs> because mine was so full they fined me five dollars let me keep the book so <laughs> um <laughs> there's there's a high school application for you and I still remember Macbeth to this day and I think it was because of all of the drawing I had done in the
0: book uh, when I had it. Oh yeah, sure. You were so active in processing that information. I think um, there's a recent study from University of Waterloo that I haven't dug into much. Rob Demio actually sketchnoted noted it in a one pager, which we can we can add in the sketch note uh, army uh, uh, show notes here, so you can check that out if you're listening later. Um, but basically, what it suggests, if you want to remember things, you should draw them. That our visual uh, memory is actually quite strong, and, it, and it's maybe stronger than our than our verbal. So that uh-huh. could very well be what was going on in your mind. So that's that's fantastic. So why don't we talk a little bit now. So you, so you came from this um, background of doodling and sort of always being visual. Uh, uh-huh. How did this apply when you were going to, say, university? Because I imagine it probably changed a little bit from high school, you know, junior high, grade school, high school. Once you got into university, did you maintain this visual perspective? I know you were a design student, so it probably was part of it, but I wouldn't want to assume anything
1: so I being a, being a, a lifelong learner um, as soon as I went into I went to a community college for three years right out of high school um, and uh, that kind of helped me with my basics and whatnot but it wasn't really until I got to um, the I went uh, I, I got my undergrad and my graduate degrees from Utah State University um, in their graphic design program and it was about that time that i um, hold on, my machine just shut down for a second um, it was about that time that I was taking a lot of art history classes, and I'm the kind of person that really doesn't do well memorizing names and dates and, and uh, places and things like that. And luckily, the teacher uh, who taught that class had us purchase uh, from the slide library um, an outline of what we were going to talk about that entire semester. So it would have you know, it would say the Critios Boy and then it would have the, the date and the time period and then it would have two or three inches afterwards where we would be able to take notes. And so I found myself visually, uh, thumbnailing in the paintings and the sculptures, uh, and looking more at patterns and, and looking more at things that would separate different artists. And I could tell that, uh, certain artists were in certain time periods based upon the, the compositions and and uh, some of the, the like minded things they did from piece to piece, and so I found myself really uh, sketching a lot in in my art history classes. And being a design student and and being a design major, I was always thumbnailing and, and doing roughs and and concepting and thinking on paper. So it just seemed to be a natural uh, progression. Um, from doing it in my design classes to also doing it within my non-design classes as well. And being that kind of visual learner, it really did help me to at least to pass <laughs> those classes. It always wasn't with flying colors, but it gave me enough of uh, of confidence. It was easier for me to go back and review my, nu- my notes uh, before a test because I wasn't just reading words. I was actually looking at pictures and understanding things. And the cool part about that, too, was... If I was stuck on a certain thing, I could easily find that section in my notes because I would look for pictures or look for uh, key illustrations or diagrams of, of concepts within that time period. Um, so I've always tried to put that into my into my note taking regardless of, of where I was or what class I was, I was
0: taking. So it sounds to me like visuals have been integrated with you for a long, long time and it's just kind of the way you operate, it sounds. Would that be a fair way to say that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even even if we look at uh, – when I'm sitting down and, and not doing much of, of anything, or I'm, I'm listening to a, a talk, and it kind of started happening uh, in church, where with s- small kids and trying to keep them occupied, I would sit and draw on the back of the program. Um, and I came to find out that more people were watching me draw on the back of the program than listening to the person up at the pulpit giving the message. <laughs> um so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess doodling is just a part of, of everything that I do. And um, whether it's entertainment or whether it's education, it's always been an integral part of, of who I am.
0: All right. Well, so that sound, we can sort of get a sense of where you're coming from in the context of who you are and how you work. And, mm-hmm. and I imagine as you became a professor and started teaching students, there's a couple questions that come to my mind. One is, how did you integrate this in your teaching and then how did students react to this when you did it and in, uh, incorporate it? and did you I um, did you do it immediately or was it something you did later on
1: I had a a professor um, in my undergrad who actually wrote every syllabus out by hand. Um, He wouldn't type it into a computer. He would actually just take out a piece of graph paper, and he would write it out by hand, and he would draw diagrams of the projects we were about to do and how those structures went together. And I always thought that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, His name was Alan Hashimoto, um, and it was a a really kind of a cool thing to, to see um, that written out and to see that so visually, um, that I, I didn't really adapt that into my own, uh, into my own course outlines. But what I did do is when I sit down and I, and I teach a concept or I teach a principle, um, I love using the the whiteboard or chalkboard or whatever it has you in, in the, in the room. And I find myself sketch noting, um, assignments and and thought processes actually on the board. And I I knew that there was a transition happening when it went from people copying down on their paper, what I was writing on the whiteboard versus to when I was done, uh, I had to get out of the way because everyone took their phones out and took pictures of it instead. Um, (laughs) yeah, because I, I just, I can think better on paper and I can think better on that whiteboard. And so, um, I have been, been using the whiteboards and even tracing papers and and, and uh, yeah, tracing paper into standard paper when we're doing your critique. Um, I often, I'm often found uh, writing on the paper more than I'm than I'm talking to to try to explain something. Um, so I've been able to integrate uh, sketching into into a lot of, of what I do. Whether it's uh, explaining a concept on the on the whiteboard in an interactive design class. Or whether it's um, sitting in a faculty meeting taking notes, um, you know, I'm just I just try to, to put that in in other things and and I find that the students do absorb the ideas better because it does make it visual. It's not just someone up there who's showing them a slide and, and uh, saying some stuff that, that goes along with it, but when you actually start to to draw it out, um, I guess. It, for lack of a better term, it kind of helps to reveal the idea instead of just showing a slide up on the screen and having the complete idea there. Um, as you start to draw and build the concept on the board or on the the tracing paper, uh, they start to see the process of how that goes and can concentrate on each piece as it's being added to the conversation instead of seeing the whole conversation up front and trying to pick out of it what they need at that point.
0: So it's really a sequence then that you're you're revealing a sequence in a certain order, almost like telling a story, right, mm-hmm. with, with visuals. So you, you're not overwhelmed by the whole thing at once and trying to figure out what's, what's the beginning and what's the end, but you're actually building it slowly in a sequence that makes it easier for the students to take in that way. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Because I kept, I kept uh, in my in my uh, slide presentations, I found myself building a slide and then duplicating it several times and going backwards and just taking things out to kind of pseudo build it uh, through the through the slide uh, program. Um, but then I just started to abandon those, and then just draw it on the board. Because in the design labs that we have here on this campus, um, we have big sixteen foot wide marker board walls, 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 the walls that we that we can just draw all over. And so that's I tend right. I, I to have a large space to be able to um, to spread those things out on.
0: Wow, that's that sounds fantastic. I, we have um, so I'm I'm a big fan of whiteboards here at work. Uh, we have lots of whiteboards, giant, a giant one I work on every Monday. So having that space is really fantastic to be able to, you know, just open up and work in that way. That's, there's nothing else like it.
1: I went to, uh, Ikea a couple of years ago and bought a glass tabletop, uh, that's a half inch thick tempered glass that's painted white on one side. And I installed, I installed that, uh, on the wall in my office with some, uh, with some glass mirror hangers and uh, that became my pseudo whiteboard <laughs> for a while. <laughs> That's
0: interesting. And it had
1: this really cool shadow effect so it seemed like I was putting, having a drop shadow behind everything I was writing. It was really <laughs> weird.
0: Wow. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, students in specific uh, yeah. cases who have maybe adopted this sketching, sketch noting approach. It sounds like you teach kind of an analog mixed with digital of course you've got to teach digital because students have to know all the tools as we know the adobe suite and you know if they're front-end developers they need to know how to code and all that kind of stuff but yeah. um how does uh, how does the analog part of it or maybe maybe not even analog if you consider ipad pro the drawing part of it which can be done in many different ways how has yeah. that impacted students or have any taken it away and really adopted it as part of their flow
1: there, there have been a few. Um, so I teach a class um, called Drawing for Designers. It used to be a semester-long class called Concepting, but when we redid our curriculum a few years ago, uh, we took two classes and shortened them into two eight-week classes classes and put them back to back. Um, So eight weeks of it is using more Photoshop and Illustrator uh, when creating original imagery. And then the other eight weeks is the class we call Drawing for Designers, which teaches them just hand skills. There's no computers whatsoever. And so uh, for eight weeks in the spring semester for freshmen, um, we do different things from um, hand lettering to uh, marker skills, where we actually have some Prismacolors and we do renderings on marker paper to help uh with form and things like that but um after we do this two-week unit on on hand lettering and drawing with basic shapes um i've snuck in for the last couple of years a two-week kind of maxi workshop on sketchnoting and we just call it the sketchnoting unit um where we go and we and uh i use your book and and uh, you know here's a plug for the handbook. <laughs> um, we use your book and we go through it actually in, in, uh, in four class meetings. Um, and we talk about the, the idea behind sketchnoting. We talk about where it comes from. Um, we talk about, uh, the, how we go through the, you know, drawing with five simple shapes. We go through, you know, David Gray's, uh, drawing people, um, and we go through Austin, Cleon's uh drawing faces, um, and even branch off and I and I introduce them to other people, you know, like Eva Lotalam and um to Creighton Berman and uh, a few others as we as we look at those things that uh um, that that becomes sketch noting, and we break them down, and we and we just really uh, spend a lot of time t- talking about concepts within the book, but also uh, listening to TED talks, uh, comedy routines, uh, impassioned speeches, and different things like that to kind of see number one how they take notes. The first time that I have them uh, sketch note a or just take notes on a, on a video presentation, um, I let them just do it the way they always take notes. And then we put that up on the board and we take a look at how each of them uh, take notes. And I find that about half the class puts visuals in their notes anyway. And we talk about where that comes from. And it does come because they are more of a visual person. Um, and they've, uh, and it, plus it says it, it keeps me awake, it keeps me focused, it keeps me intent on, on what's being talked about. And I, I don't get lost writing down big words when I can just draw pictures to to take their meanings. And you know, at points like that you just start smiling at yourself and saying, all right, good, I've I've got a good batch here. And then you just keep going and, and keep going and and we do it all by hand. Um i I give them a, a pack of marker paper and uh some sharpie pens uh to to work from and um, I've seen a couple of students over the last, uh, I've done this, this is, we just finished up the third year, the fourth year of this class, but the third year of doing uh, that unit. And we still have juniors and sophomores that are using sketch noting. when I go into another class and, I, and I'm and i observing, I'm seeing them taking notes and, and they'll even come up to me and they'll show me their, their notes and, and see what they're doing. We have one student, uh, she's gonna be a, a junior next year, her name's Allison. Um, I walked into a, one of our labs one day and, and uh, it was the room was pretty much empty. There were two or three students working at the computer. But Allison was up at the whiteboard uh, with the markers out and her textbook and she had uh, sketchnoted um, the chapter that she was working on for the reading for a class that she was using to help her understand the, uh, the, the uh, complex topics that the class was going over. And it was really cool to see the whiteboards just full um of of the notes that she was taking from that from that book and that's where i just kind of smile inside and and see that that uh, by introducing them to to sketch noting and to visual note taking um that some of the students are actually running with it and applying it and uh Doing quite well with it, and I would say that in a class of about ten students, I think that three to four of them per semester really latch on to sketch noting and continue to do that throughout the rest of their college career.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty cool, and I think um, that aligns with about the percentage of people that I run into that say, oh, "I've been doing sketch noting for years," almost like what you said early in this episode—that you've been doing it for a long time and you just didn't have a name for it, right? So. Um, it's not it 's less that it was invented and more that it was discovered again um, yeah so I think that's that's kind of cool that you're providing them a channel where they can you know actually apply these concepts so that's that's great um, that's exciting and I think um, I want to talk to more uh, educators um, probably at the high school level and maybe at the at the grade school level and sort of see how that the reaction and how the uptake uh, changes as you go down, or maybe doesn't change. So we'll hopefully we can get some of those people either on the first season or the sec season, second season, and um, and find out what they say about sketch noting for students.
1: So one of the funny things that I and you and I have talked about this off uh, off podcast, um, but currently I'm on sabbatical now uh, for uh, the fall semester, for the summer and fall semester, where part of my proposal for my sabbatical was to create a class on uh, It's called Visual Note-Taking and Graphic Recording, um, which uh, I'm going to be developing over the next six months and then teaching that class on a college level. It'll be open to all the students within the School of Media and Design here at Incarnate Word. And uh, preliminary... preliminary chatter amongst the students in the school, uh, the class will, will be a full class of, of 12 to 15 students, and we're going to cover topics from uh, sketch noting to visual note-taking to graphic recording, uh, doing all sorts of, of crazy things with it, and I think it'll be a benefit to not only the graphic design students within our school, but we also have students within animation and game design, communication arts, fashion design and merchandising, as well as interior design and uh, information information. information systems. So it'll be an interesting mix of all different kinds of students next spring.
0: That's fantastic. I am so excited to hear, but I kind of want to take your class and see, just to watch you performing and watching how the students react and and those kind of things. I think it's um, just fantastic that you found a way to integrate that into your teaching in the school. And, you know, we have mentioned, I've been to the Incarnate Word a couple of times and been super impressed with the students you're, you guys are bringing through the system. Some of the work that I saw was fantastic. And it's just, uh, it's, it feels great for me, very satisfying to know that this idea that I sort of captured and put into book form and sort of shared in various ways is having a ripple effect that I couldn't have predicted or imagined, but is really satisfying and exciting to see.
1: Well, and one of the things we hope to do with it is, is, uh, I'm in early talks with, uh, folks in the uh, Department of Education um, to actually track this out and as part of the sabbatical um, go and visit some uh, elementary and uh, junior high um, classrooms uh, to teach some of these concepts and to see and to bounce those ideas off because one of the sections in the class that I'm going to teach is that sketch notings for everybody regardless of what class level uh, what income level what kind of person you are just to kind of see and and I kind of took some inspiration from um, the postings you've put up recently about the different elementary schools and and other workshops that you've done and uh, with me you know being the father of five um, I've got a couple of my younger kids that really love to doodle and and uh, particularly my 10 year old she loves to sit next to me and just draw and uh, try to tell stories the same way that daddy does
0: Wow, that's that's so fantastic! I'm I'm just uh, kind of beaming over here. You can't see it, but uh, so you <laughs> you've,
1: you've started a revolution, Mike. <laughs>
0: that's that's great. I'm uh, it's it's fun to be uh, at the flashpoint of that and be being also the honor of being part of the community as we go forward and we do new things like this podcast and other community efforts that uh, don't necessarily have to have me running them that they just happen on their own. That's that's that organic nature is very exciting. Yep, it is cool. So let's switch away from education. I'm I'm really psyched up by that, but um, I'm really curious about you specifically. I think, like me, you have sort of a blend between both digital and analog, and I'm really curious to hear how you manage that. Like, w- when do you decide to use what and um, your impressions of the iPad Pro, because I know you've had one of those for a while. Yep. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about the split, and then we'll go into more detail about each individual uh, one and the specifics okay. of the things you use.
1: Um, so I would call myself more of an analog sketch noter. Um, I really love the 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 paper and the um, and the pencil and or the paper and the pen. Um, one of the things that I've been putting into this class is is the idea of the tools that you use um, when you sketch note. And I find that when people sketch note with pencil, you know, they tend to want to go back and fix many things. But with a with a pen, you're you're pretty committed to the paper once you've put that down. And and I think that uh, people have seen that you know you're aware of the um, a sketch note a day uh, Tumblr thing that I've got mm-hmm. going on. And I post those things up raw. <laughs> so if I make a mistake and do a misspelling, I write oops next to it and just continue on. Um, but I, 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 think that, uh, I, I, do enjoy the, the size of, of the paper, um, and just the, the quickness that the, that the pen gets now being an academic and being in education. Um, I, I did get an iPad pro back around Christmas time and uh, my Apple Pencil didn't come right away, so I got a a 53 uh, pencil. And I found it really difficult to 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 draw, um, I, I don't know why. I've had a Cintiq forever, and I can draw on that thing all day long. But there was just something about the iPad that was just forcing me to uh, to put it down and to just keep going back to paper. Hmm. Um, I do sit down and and uh, force myself, and I, I hate to use that term, um, and force myself to to sketch note on on the iPad. Um, I think it's probably me. Uh, and the way that I hold the pencil or the way that I use the pencil, and I'm not quite sure with the pressure, uh, how much to use, um, different things like that. So I do find myself uh, more, uh, probably nine times out of ten, uh, doing my sketch notes on uh, physical paper with a, with a physical pencil or with a, with a pen. Um, but I am ever since reading that tweet um, a couple of months ago where Mauro uh, Toselli said, you know, I'm just going to give up on paper and just use the, the iPad and force myself to use it. I think this summer that's pretty much what I'm going to have to do is just uh, put that down. Um, I think for me, I like using the iPad Pro uh, with the Apple Pencil and even with the 53 Pencil when I'm trying to fake like I'm writing on a whiteboard. Um, I really like the marker aspect of the of the pen when using the the thicker uh, the thicker brushes and simulating uh, a chalkboard or simulating a whiteboard I think I with the perfectionist that I am I think that I'm more forgiving when I'm using it in that vein than when I'm trying to use it as a, a gel pen on paper to see what kind of of um, see what kind of drawings i i get out of it so i don't know if that's the the answer that you're looking for but uh, when it comes to analog and digital i prefer analog but i'm not afraid of digital
0: hmm. interesting i um i guess i'm maybe i don't know if i'm 50 50 or 60 40 i'm leaning a little bit toward the ipad pro and it's um i like it quite a bit i think it's the best combination i've found but i think you're sort of touching on some things about it that are a little unusual i still have not found the perfect gel pen Replica, Like, uh, so in paper, there's like a fountain pen, which is okay, but it gets thin if I don't press hard enough. And I press too hard, it gets thick. So I prefer something more stable. And I've played in concepts and Procreate and all these. Um, I'm getting closer to it. And I think sort of what you're getting at where you say it's more about you than the tool, um, it's probably a little bit of both. I think um, I've sort of forced myself to use it more and I'm having fun with it. But it's different than paper is somehow, and it's hard for me to put my finger on why that is, and maybe that's what you're sensing too, um, that it just has a different dynamic. What I produce with it looks different than paper, at least it has initially, and maybe that's because I haven't found a way to make the tools work for me in a way that paper does so naturally. Um, Yeah. So maybe that's at the root of it, I don't know.
1: But I'll tell you one thing, one of the things I do love about the digital version of it is – there's not a whole lot of pens out on the table and you're going to grab the red one or the orange one or the blue one. You just hit a button and switch a color. And all of a sudden, you know, it's the same tip and it's not going to bleed on you. It's not going to do this. It's not going to do that. So I I do enjoy that aspect of it.
0: That's uh, that is definitely an advantage. The ability to change and move things is nice. And then, um, the app I mentioned concepts is really fascinating because it runs on vectors. So, uh, you can actually go in the, with a the selection tool select a group of things and change their color change their brush style uh, after you've drawn them which is kind of an interesting idea i'm not i haven't totally gotten myself comfortable sure. with the tool yet but um, uh, i think it's uh, i sort of said it in my medium piece that i'm not going to give up on on paper and pen and pencil yeah um, i think of the pro as being an extension in a different dimension uh, that gives me the ability to change things to be more immediate in some senses um, and for the right things, it's really good. and but I think uh, paper still holds a special place for me. And I know everybody's a little different, so I mean that's that's uh, that's okay.
1: Well, it's just like us in you know in user interface design, you know we're not going to do all of our mock-ups clearly inside of 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 a digital platform. You know we're gonna get out our grid paper and our and our sticky notes and our scissors, and we're gonna, cut and glue and tape and paste so I I think there's always a a happy medium we can find between the analog and the digital regardless of what we do
0: yes I agree and you know it's funny I was thinking the other day about these podcasts so far it's been Mauro and me and Rob and uh, we've got uh, Catherine is going to come up next and then you um Everybody's talking about the iPad Pro and the pencil and how much they like it. And my fear was <laughs> that the uh, podcast was going to turn into like the Apple Apple uh, pencil and iPad Pro podcast instead of the <laughs> Sketch Note Army podcast. So I'm somewhat relieved that you're still uh, you still strongly hold on to analog and, and like it. I think um, I think there's a place for all these pieces, and we just have to find which ones work in the right situations. That's the way I've always approached pretty much any tool that I use, whether it's you know software, yeah. or hardware, right? It's it's a tool, and you have to consider. Sometimes, you know, the iPad Pro is great, but sometimes it's not ideal. Like, you know, if you're going out in the rain and, you know, you don't want to get it wet or you're on a boat or there's tons of situations where an iPad Pro would be, it could be used, but it's maybe not ideal. Uh, Well, and one of the
1: things too is, is you've got the nine, the the nine inch version. I've got a 12 inch and uh, I kind of think the 12 inch is a little bit too big, but I can't bring myself to downgrade to the nine inch. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. and I, I just picked up a, a keyboard uh, cover for it this week, so I'm I'm trying to see how how that works with it. But that's that's for another podcast, another day. Yeah. Um, but I, I I do love the iPad Pro. I think that that uh, um, and I don't know when you want to go in and start talking about you know individual tools and, and things like that. Some maybe I'll save my comments for a little bit later. Um,
0: your uh, your timing is perfect, actually, because that was the next thing I was thinking about was, um, let's start with, uh, maybe we'll start with digital because I think it's maybe going to be briefer because it sounds like we've covered okay. a little bit of digital and then switched to analog. No. So, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about your um, your favorite analog tools and digital tools? We'll start with analog since it sounds like that's still where your heart is but and then we'll wrap up with any of the digital stuff that you've been playing around with since that's a little bit sounds like a little more experimental for you right now
1: yeah so uh, when it comes to when it comes to analog tools I'm really not... Uh, religiously sold on, on anything. Um, as long as I have a pen and a piece of paper, I'm fine. Um, whether it's, like I said, on the back of a church program, or if it's on a handout I get within a coordinator's meeting or something like that, um, you know, have paper, will sketch note. Uh, that's kind of my philosophy. But <laughs> When, but I do. I do carry a moleskin, and I, I have a moleskin. I used to use the the smaller ones, uh, and just use those exclusively. And the reason that I use the smaller one is because it forced me to keep my drawings from being too detailed, um, and it kept my type from being too fantastic. And uh, and it also helped me to to focus my thoughts. But over the last year and a half, I've I've upgraded to the larger um, Moleskin, and I, I carry that one with me with me every day. Um, so as long as I have a Moleskin, and I'm pretty partial to or impartial to uh, um, just Sharpies uh, pens. Uh, there's're sharpie pens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a full complement of colors there. Uh, I do have a set of microns uh, that I dive into every once in a while when I want to play with wits um, and when I want to play with different colors. Uh, but for me, you can in my scripture case, in my car, in my backpack, on my nightstand, uh, in my office, you'll always find a moleskin and a Sharpie pen. So I think that uh, analog, those two things, are probably some of my favorite tools. But uh, I'm gonna take a little bit of a switch here on you. And another analog tool that I love is I have this thing called the Belkin Stage. Um, It's this contraption that's made by Belkin that uh, you click your iPad into on the top, and it turns the whole thing into an overhead projector. And so I will actually hook that up to a projector in my classroom um, and put my, my paper and my pen underneath it, and I will draw on... The paper uh, and have it project up onto the wall. So instead of having students gather around and and take a look at at me drawing, um, it's kind of a fake Elmo of sorts. Um, you know, when you go through and and just uh, project that. You know, if I had a transparency projector and a transparency pen, I would probably use those too. Um, but that's just analog to me. Is it just helps me with my with my sketch noting? I've had that for about three years now, hmm. um, but. When the digital tools came out, now I just click the projector straight into my iPad uh, and just draw uh, using that. But when it comes to when it comes to analog, just a, a good pen and uh, and a good and a good uh, book, a good notebook. Mm-hmm. I just got some. Um, I don't know what I'm going to butcher the name, but the
0: turns Yeah, I think if you're a good German, it's probably something like Leuchtturm. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> So I just got a couple of those, and I and I love the idea with um, the the lined and the gridded paper mm-hmm. uh, and the dotted paper. So I'm going to be playing with those this summer. I ordered some from Amazon a couple of months ago, and they got damaged the first time around. So it took a month to get back, but uh, I've got those those two guys, and I'm going to have fun with, with those.
0: I, I quite like the Leuchtturm uh, brand. I think the quality is really good. I met with those uh, representative when I was in Prague last year and they gave me some samples to play with, and I really like the quality. I know, like, for, in- for instance, the bullet journal, uh, journal, the one you can buy if you're into bullet journaling, is actually built on top of a term book in a dot wow. grid. And cool. I, really, I really like that. Uh, so um, I was sent one of those to try out, and I really like the dot grid because it's really subtle, um, and it gives me enough structure to build with, but it's not overwhelming like a squared page would be. Mm-hmm. So I quite like those, and the size is nice, too. It's, a, it's just a slightly a uh, slight bit wider than the Moleskine uh, books are. I think it's actually fitting the European, I think, is it A5 size? I, I, yeah. um So it actually fits that spec where I think the moleskin large notebooks um, are just a little bit narrower. And it's funny, too, that you mentioned you switched from the small notebooks to the larger ones. I've kind of done the same thing in a more organic way. I've never thought about it. I still like the small ones, but um, I would probably pr- prefer and pull on one of the bigger ones first. Yeah. And I, and I could tell you, too, that the Leuchterm uh, sketchbooks are really cool because they have the same level of thick paper thick paper that the Moleskins do, but it's brilliant white. So it's not creamy. It's actually a brilliant white color. Um, and I, I quite like that. I used it um, while I was planning the 30-day uh, sketchnote challenge book. I bought one yeah. of those in white with the white sketchbook paper inside and was documenting all my thoughts. And I really came to like that with a, a felt-tip pen. So it's, uh, it's quite nice.
1: I, yeah, uh, I had to, I, I put this up on Instagram a couple of days ago. I was in New York, uh, for the last couple of days and I was walking up and down. Uh, it was either fourth Avenue or fifth Avenue and there's a moleskin store. Uh, and I walked by at eight Oh five. They had just closed. Um, if it had been open, I think I would have gone inside and wreaked havoc on my credit card. <laughs> uh, but uh, i was like wow a whole store with moleskins i could just have way too much fun in here
0: yeah you and me both man wow that, <laughs> it's it's really great to see the quality notebooks that are starting to pop up like baron fig is another uh great one with the confidant the paper quality and that so there's definitely yep. choices that we're seeing that used to not exist before
1: yeah and i i think if we if we move into the digital stuff um one of the things i'm really excited about that i'm going to get my hands on this summer is uh Moleskine's new um, smart set, the smart writing mm. system. Yep. Um, I when I saw that, one of my students pointed it out to me a couple of months ago, when I and i put it up on on twitter and and Morrow said hey just hold on a few days and i can talk about it and i was like talk about what <laughs> and then he talked about his uh, workshop at the milan design week mm-hmm. and uh, once he sent me a link on on that system i think that that's a wonderful blend of the uh, analog and the digital i know that moleskin and evernote tried to pull something off uh in the middle of last year um didn't seem to to take too well um but uh, i'm I'm excited to get my hands on a on a smart writing system and see how how that works and and how that translates in getting your sketch notes from an analog into uh, a digital setting.
0: yeah, exactly. and I think um I think what at least what, from my perspective, I've not used that tool yet, but it looks really interesting. Um I like that Moleskine has gone I think they have a gel pen inside there. so one of the things i've I didn't quite like about the livescribe, I like the concept, everything I liked about the live scribe. But it clearly was, wasn't really designed for sketchnoting, like all the drawing that's involved. Yep. Um, it seemed to get hung up. And, you know, even that I could uh, live with. But the hardest thing for me with the LiveScribe pens consistently has been sort of the dry, scratchy ballpoint tip that has to be used in there so they can get a camera in the pen. And even the pen is kind of big and clunky. And um, so I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this uh, new take on the camera pen with maybe hopefully a little bit better uh, ink quality for the paper.
1: Well, there was uh, what was it? It was uh, about two years ago. I was at the uh, T.E.C.A. convention up in Austin, and they were showing their uh, the whiteboard technologies, um, where you could just clamp on a left margin and a right margin onto the whiteboard and then you would slip your marker into the pen and you could draw on the whiteboard and but automatically transfer like a smart board into your computer or onto a device. Um, it was pretty cost prohibitive. It was like five or six hundred dollars for the set hmm. um, but I, I wanted to get my hands on it but never could quite up, come up with the funding for it. Um, so there's a lot of different tools out there that kind of want to take what you do analog and capture it digitally, um, but I think the iPad Pro, uh, with the release of that, um, I mean I've, I've been drawing with styluses in uh, you know, the Sketch Note, or uh, Sketchbook Pro um, by uh, Alias um, I've been using that for years on the iPad, um, just with a, a standard stylus, mm-hmm. but it was nice to, to jump to the iPad Pro and to get things like um, paper and Procreate um, and even the the sketchbook uh, Coptic edition um, on the on the iPad have all been kind of fun to, to play with.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's it's a great time to be a sketchnoter or to be someone who does drawing and sketching of any kind because there's so many tools coming out that are available to try out and experiment with and find what fits you. And I think that's exciting to know that you know you can go all the way from straight up analog to pretty crazy digital systems and find something in there that'll work for you.
1: If you followed me on Twitter or on Instagram, you saw that I've been having a problem with the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil um, in palm rejection issues. That uh, when I would go and, and start writing, all of a sudden the color of my pen would switch back to white, or I would notice a bunch of little lines down around where my my wrist was was dragging across the surface of the. Of the pro, um, and so I tried different ways of lifting my hand and holding my pencil, but nothing I could really get comfortable with. And so I saw that some uh, people that use the the Cintiqs all the time they have a glove that that uh, has the, the the pinky finger and the ring finger covered and a uh, cover on the on the palm of your hand to help glide it across the surface. That I picked up a couple of those gloves uh, about a week and a half ago, and. I've been trying to, to work in, in uh, on the iPad in Procreate and in Paper 53, and it's actually working really, really well. And I think that now that I'm over that hurdle, I'm going to continue to, to use those applications a little bit more. From time to time, I, I do take the glove off just to see uh, if it is me, um, but I haven't been able to quite recreate my problems yet. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice uh, thesis to have. Uh, or a hypothesis to have, and we'll see if I can solve the problem of uh, um, of not quite being able to to use the
0: tools correctly. Hmm. The, the one thing that I've changed on my iPad Pro just recently is I bought uh, a, a matte screen cover. Um, I saw that. that, and I I put it on. I I really like it. I think it probably drops the you know the light levels a little bit. I don't know if it's measurable or not, but. Um, the drag it's just a little bit of drag it feels a little bit more like paper uh-huh. and with the apple pencil it just i really like having that little bit of drag instead of drawing on ice for me that so really helps
1: does it feel like it has some tooth to it and that's what's catching the the point
0: a little bit yeah i mean it's a substrate right it's some kind of plastic so it's going to have you know at some point it's going to have texture maybe it's it's very fine it's not it's nothing that will hang up the pencil mm-hmm. but it's enough maybe it's the combination of the tip and the material that it actually gives a little bit of drag. And when I shut the screen off, I can see air bubbles and, you know, scuff marks and stuff. But when I turn the screen on, I don't see them. And it just adds just a little bit of uh, drag. So it might be worth uh, going on Amazon, and I think they make them for the 12.9. It might be worth trying just to see if that also gives you more of the fakery of papery. And it So it changes your mindset a little bit. I, I, I really like it, so... Uh, it's, cool. It's And I was concerned about, you know, what would the sticky stuff, you know, do if I took it off? And I think it's pretty, it's pretty fine. So,
1: so have you taken the film off the iPad and seen what residue it leaves or have you just kind of left it on there?
0: I've left it on there. I've got a second one. So it came in a two pack and uh, I guess when it gets nasty looking enough, I'll probably peel it off and put another one on. Um, mm-hmm. I was perfect until my kids use it. And all of a sudden I had like 20 air bubbles. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened there. You know, it's just like with kids...
1: And that's why we can't have nice things. Yes,
0: exactly. So, uh, so that's been very helpful. That may be something that you you enjoy. You could, I suppose, if you wanted to try it, you could uh, you could put it on an old iPad that your kids are using and just see how it feels before you commit to the twelve point nine or something like that. So, yeah.
1: uh, well, you know, it's, it's all in the name of research.
0: That's so. right. That's right. So uh, that's something <laughs> that's to my, consider. It's my favorite academic excuse. It's <laughs> all in the name of research. I can I can claim that one too. Um, So let's uh, work coming near the end of the podcast. Uh So the way I've been ending these now is uh, asking people their three favorite sketchnoting tips so people can listen. They get ideas for what they can do and some things that maybe they can change right away today based on something they hear from you. So why don't you uh, think through what three things you might recommend to somebody who's uh, a sketchnoter and wants to improve a little bit.
1: Huh. Okay. So with, I've, I've had some time to think about this. I won't lie. Um, if there's, if there's three sketchnoting tips that, that I could give, um, number one is never feel defeated. Um, if you're going along and you're trying to sketch note a talk or a class or something like that, just don't give up. Um, Even if it's a simple drawing, put it down. If it's a few words, put it down. If you feel like you've gotten lost in a conversation or part of the things that they're talking about, just go ahead and skip it and move on with the next thing. The idea with sketchnoting is just to practice, 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 as with every skill that we have, um... Just, just keep going. As I as I teach this in, in my in my con, in my drawing for designers class, I often have students that will say, I, "I really can't do this. This is too much for me." I'm saying, just take it slow. Remember, it's not about capturing everything they say. It's about capturing those big ideas. And just don't ever give up and and don't feel defeated. And so that's always been my, my favorite sketch noting tip um, to to tell people. Um, number two would be then i and i i take this straight from your book mike it's about ideas not art Mm -hmm. so if it's don't get discouraged if you're looking across the table and you see someone sketchnoting and their representation of the speaker is just a spot-on caricature or a real life drawing if yours is a circle with some dots and a line and a bad hairpiece go ahead and just just do that um, because it is about the ideas that you're capturing, not the art. Sure, there are going to be people out there that can draw better than you. But remember, you can probably think better than them. And so put down the things that you think need to be there and not worry uh, about the about the quality of it. Um, so, yeah, the idea is not art. And I think that's going to be on the back of your team, tombstone, Mike. Um, <laughs> and then number three. Number three. This is a really uh, interesting tip. Um, leave holes in your in your sketch noting. Don't feel that you have to uh, cram every little space as you go through and sketchnote. Um, I often and I've I've done a few live captures of my sketch noting for my students and put them up on my on my YouTube channel um, so that they can see and they notice that as the talk's going on. Um, that I will leave spaces, uh, within different, um, within different parts of, of the notes that I'm taking and then go back and add things in there later. You know, sometimes because of the perfectionist that I am, I want to make sure that what I draw there is, is really good. And so if they're talking about like one of the, one of the sketch notes that I have, uh, on my YouTube channel is, um, uh, John Hodgman's uh, Design Explained, um, and he talks about three different, um, three different inventions or three different man-made objects and, and, uh, and what they mean. And, and as I'm watching his slides and, and also sketchnoting, I, I'm seeing that he's showing visuals, and so I left spots um, within the, within the sketch note that I went back in later on and filled in with, with little clues. So if there's, if they show something on the screen, um, that's like a building, I will just draw the outline of the building with no interior details. And then I will continue on with my sketch note. If they're talking about a certain book or a certain painting, I will draw a frame Uh, for that to go into and then when i hit either a dull part of the talk or once it's over and before i forget i will go back in and fill in that space with that image or with that more complex idea uh, that i wanted to to put in there and i think it's okay to to not make everything perfect the first time around when you're doing your lettering go ahead and just do your block lettering and then go back and fill it in at the end um if there's a space that uh you wanted to put a chart in, or a map, or a globe, or something like that. Go back and add it in once the talk is over. So it's okay to leave spaces and to leave empty parts in your sketch note that you can go back and fill in with something uh, when it's
0: done. Wow, those are fantastic tips. I think all three are super applicable and um, things that uh, I use as well. So that's that's great. Uh, thanks, Mike, for sharing those tips and uh, let's wrap up the show with uh, sharing a little bit with uh, the re- listeners um, how they can find you, where they can find you, what uh, what's your handle on uh, like Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. So we can see all the cool stuff you're building, especially uh, your Tumblr site and your YouTube channel. So we can see that work. All right.
1: So um, a long time ago, uh, I just got Prof Clayton for everything. That's P-R-O-F-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. So at Twitter... Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all the big old major sites. Um, Prof Clayton will will do just fine. If you go to ProfClayton.com, um, it has links out to, to everything that's that's there. Um, and then, uh, but unfortunately on uh, on Flickr, uh, my Prof Clayton account was shut down. So now it's Prof Clayton TX. If you want to find me on Flickr. And then on YouTube, it's Prof Clayton Vids. That's Prof Clayton V I D S um, at the end of that. But if you just go to profclayton.com, I've got links to almost everything there. Um, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. uh, So that's just uh, Prof Clayton over there.
0: Excellent. That's it. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, oh,
1: and the the Tumblr site. is uh, a sketchnoteaday.tumblr.com. But again, you can find that linked from my Instagram and
0: uh, my Twitter. I leave that, uh, by the way, I leave that up in the tab on my browser, and every now and then I just hit the refresh to see what's new. And it's really fun to kind of watch as you add things to it and go back and look at things. Um, So thanks for doing that. It's been fun to watch and sort of keep keep up with you uh, pushing the limits there.
1: It's very hard to, to keep that going day to day. But uh, the conference I was just at this weekend, I've got a bunch of new things I'm putting up. So I've got a steady stream of, of stuff for the next couple of weeks. So uh you'll be able to find that there. So cool. I'm glad you enjoy it.
0: Yes, I do. And I think a lot of a lot more people do as well. It's, it's very inspirational. And it's uh, great to see you working over there. So uh, thanks so much for making time, Mike. Um, it's been a great discussion, lots of really interesting things to think about related to education, about analog tools, about digital tools, when and when, when and where to use them, and uh, how this uh, sketchnoting is actually leading to a new generation of sketchnoters, which is super exciting. Thanks for making time and coming on the show. It's been so much fun.
1: Oh, no problem. Anytime, Mike.
0: Thank you. And uh, so we're going to wrap the show with that. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast.